Mr. Kraft says he's supposedly bringing around a special box. So what else could be inside? I like what you said. Yeah, I went, what, a coffin? (laughs) And I I did actually wonder whether that was... I mean, it would be very macabre. But we've we've been macabre before. We have. I wonder whether that would be the twist that his, uh, that his granny is dead, but he still needs her approval to marry anybody. She's and coming it, round and he's bringing her in a coffin. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's, it's some sort of weird, sort of twisted, almost Norman Bates-like sort of situation. <laughs> Grammy, this is Zelda. Can, can I marry her? Oh, she's pretty! <laughs> he, he, he says out the corner of his own mouth. You know, that, 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 that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, but and Zelda, because she's so polite, just going, goes, oh, great, yeah, thanks. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> Hand falls oh, off. Great to meet you. <laughs> what would have been worse is if she was... <laughs> There's uh, something worse than that. <laughs> if she was cremated... Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three overly expressive, overly familiar oxygen thieves review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil, I'm your host and guide, and perhaps the one that steals the most oxygen, particularly in this room, because I speak the most, not because I'm a card. Uh, Now I'm joined by two of my bestest friends. First of all, uh, to my left and in front of me is Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello, Phil. How are you do my friend um i'm a little uh, sleep deprived but when i am sleep deprived i laugh a lot okay well welcome to my world i'm i've been sleep deprived since uh since last september but you have a valid reason i just can't look after myself <laughs> when i wake up i get up doesn't matter how long i've slept oh dear oh dear well like a hamster uh... Well, this episode could go one of two ways. Hopefully, it goes in the best direction. And uh, joined also with us uh, to the uh, to the left of Graham, but to the right of me. Which Think about the, that. <laughs> which, 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 which uh, wait, 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 wait a second. To the left of Graham, but to yeah. the right of me. So you are an anarchist. <laughs> uh, you are a communist. That's about right. Actually. And I am a uh, Tory. <laughs> a tired Ooh. Tory. Ooh, there we go. Uh, yes, it's Mister. Not, re- not really, folks. Oh. By the way, just 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 in case. Uh, We're uh, all anarchists. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are right now. I'm an anarchist. Everyone's anarchist. I'm going to interrupt everything. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, that man there, right there, it was another rude one. That was Graham, but the other one is Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hello, Phil. How well, are you doing, my friend? Uh, I've had uh, a week of essentially debauchery. I've, I've been in training and planning a week, which means half of the week I was there, sat through presentations with gifts in and it was just a nightmare and then the other half of the week I've spent drunk or hungover. Oh lovely. Oh what are you today? In pain. Okay. (laughs) Emotionally, mentally or physically? All three. Oh, good grief! Well, uh, luckily, uh, we have got an overexpressive uh, set of uh, hijinks in this episode. I'm an anarchist! <laughs> I am an anti-Christ! Because, um, uh, uh, yes, so uh, luckily for you, Chris, you don't need... <laughs> luckily for you, Chris, you don't need to concentrate too much then, because a lot of this is uh, it's just a silence anyway. And, uh, Graham, you, you can just laugh as long with it as much as you want. <laughs> good. 
was going to say, should we try uh, try doing this podcast in <laughs> in the style of the episode? We we could do. However, um, we uh, we don't have any uh, any pianists, particularly ragtime uh, specialists. Pianists. Thank God it came through with something else on here. Oh, sorry, well, we have three between us, that's obviously. Um, but no, oh, yeah, we don't have any ragtime pianists, so uh, it'd be a bit difficult to I do. did say I was going to learn ragtime piano. And, and did I? you? Um, uh, sorry, miss. Get the uh, fuck out. The, the dog ate my piano. <laughs> <laughs> well, this episode uh, is entitled uh, Silent Movie, and it is number 24, and most importantly, our penultimate episode of this season. In this episode, uh, Sabrina and Hilda um, sort of they cast some magic, uh, some silent magic spells on, I mean, what other sort of brand of spells you can have other <laughs> yes. than the magic ones? Uh, they cast silent spells uh, on the house, and it turns the whole house into a silent movie, just so they can't be rude in front of Mr. Craft. And uh, why is that particularly important in this episode, boys, that they uh, they don't upset Mr. Craft or Zelda? Uh, because they believe that Mr. Craft is uh, imminently going to propose to our Zelda. Indeed. More, more uh, in particular, they, uh, Zelda believes that he's going to be proposing yes, very, yes. very soon. So, uh, it's a classic ooh. sitcom conceit. It is, it is. Now, um, so boys, I remember, Chris, you were a little bit um, downtrodden to hear that this episode was going to be about a silent movie. Uh, did they do it in the uh, in a good way, in a way that you... Uh, Expected, or you know, or did they go in a different direction to what you thought? I was personally worried about how much time they'd spend on it. Mm-hmm. If it was like the whole thing, I would have grown bored. Yeah, early on. But they had all the silent movie tropes in a very uh, concise time frame. Yes, and it was, uh, yeah, it really really held on to it quite nicely. I think they did it very well. I think they parodied it very, very well with the right, um, obviously, speed of everything going. Everything was very fast and overly expressive and uh, overdramatic and uh, lots of railway tracks as yes. well. And many moustaches. Yeah, very twir- um, very many are twirling of the moustaches, as well as our favourite gif of the uh, of the show as yes. well does, uh, does make its triumphant debut. It, it, it was fun. Um, yeah, a lot of laugh out loud moments, as, we've, as I've said more susceptible to that today than than uh, many days but um yeah nice nice witty episode but also i don't know if the correct term is pathos or pathos but uh, that <laughs> yes. um pathos is it pathos I, or I no is pathos the greek island what yeah. well, what do you call it folks uh hashtag that word p a t h o s um <laughs> But yeah, very witty, very witty episode. A lot of pathos, pathos, uh, written by the showrunners uh, Carrie mm-hmm. Roddick Bloom and Renee Phillips. Um, yeah, uh, and they showed why Renee. Renee, they showed why they're in charge, why they're running the, why they're running the show. Yeah, because they're clearly very good, and they understand the product, and they know how to, uh, to take an idea and make it a uh, truly sort of Sabrina-fied character-driven comedy. That's yes. what they excel at, and that's what uh, the showrunners of sitcoms should excel at. Excellent, and most importantly, let's see if uh, this penultimate episode is a good episode to almost finish our season on, because it's very near the end, and I, for one, have expressed many times that I can't wait for this season to be over. <sighs> well, let's discuss, uh, after talking about this episode, whether it was a worthwhile trip, because this episode opens on Zelda delivering some news that Spellman's and viewers may find distressing. And note, she's not having Salem's baby, as he... Yeah. yeah. You're it's having not... my baby, he what, says. What, what, a, what, a, yeah, what an image to put in our heads <laughs> uh, so early on in this, this family sitcom, uh, some in, inter, interspecies uh, loving. 
Yeah, what would that baby even look like? Could Salem impregnate a human woman? Yes, that's the question I'm asking. Oh my god. Sorry. <laughs> we were saying, oh, this is so inappropriate. Such an inappropriate way to start the episode. Does, if he produces cat semen... Yeah. Um, then no. Cat semen's is we see an old comedian. <laughs> Cat Seaman, today known as Yusuf Islam, of course. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, does he produce Cat Seaman? If he does, he can't impregnate a human woman. Yeah. But no, she is not uh, having Salem's baby, apparently. Uh, she reckons Mr. Kraft is going to propose to her. Uh, so to avoid upsetting her, Sabs, Hilda and Salem take a car, a train, an airplane and a space shuttle to go and scream on the moon. Yeah, you take a series of stock footage. Because I don't know because it's as you pointed out. I don't know if it's because it's the first one, yeah. or whether it's because it's so, I don't know, abrupt. The car speeding away <laughs> is 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 extremely funny. Yeah. The others are quite standard. Yeah, it's but just yeah. about an instant cut to a three series BMW. As a matter of fact, yeah. speeding off down the road um, is uh, yeah, it's yeah. very amusing. very very yeah, good. Yeah, fun. Now, my only qualm with this is they they went to the moon to scream. But everyone knows that if you're screaming, you, no one can hear. If, if you're in no space, one can, no one can hear you scream. Yeah, that's true. And then Zelda comes back and goes, "I heard that." I was like, "No, no, Zelda. Scientifically, you can't." And she should know. She is a scientist. She is. Um. So from uh, from fucking around one creature, we go to another one. Uh, Sabrina in the opening titles is dressed as a chicken. Who you calling chicken? She says. Yeah, fun fact, uh, for some reason they chose to rewind the footage before she vanishes. Yeah. You can kind of, she, she says the line, and then she kind of, a body sort of like convulses backwards. Uh, we're in school, and Sabrina comes up with a plan to help drive Mr. Kraft away by being obnoxious in the home. And the rehearsal goes a little too well as she upsets Valerie and gives Libby some more ammo to work with. Yeah. She calls her, uh, because Harvey comes over and says, uh, hey, uh, Sabrina, can I talk with you? And she says, uh, yeah, sure, as long as we can get rid of uh, Miss, little Miss Third Wheel over here. She's been doing okay, uh, Valerie. You know, she's, uh, her confidence has been building up as she's had relatively little awful things happen mm-hmm. to her yeah. in the latter half of this season. But she has Because she hasn't been there. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah that. true. But even when she has turned up, she's managed to get out of things mostly unscathed. But uh, she has a rough old go of it in this episode, mm-hmm. doesn't she? Uh, Harvey takes Sabrina somewhere private to tell her something important. But unfortunately, some selfish boombox characters some selfish pneumatic drill and some selfish car crash victims make so much noise it drives him crazy unable to talk to her properly bonus episode coming soon <laughs> yes yes maybe yeah uh, but yeah really good to venture into that so uh, yeah so uh, this is a subplot of Harvey and I know actually it kind of makes a bit the main plot as well that this whole Harvey wants to tell Sabrina something and what on earth could it be it's something very very important that we're very excited to see and it also makes his Adam's apple quiver it does and a nice recurring gag of a quivering apple I mean I yeah I didn't know that they were capable of doing that no no I think um, something's of, wrong with it one of many reasons like his burps always smelling of uh, pepperoni that he uh, needs to see a doctor <laughs> Yeah, very much so. He's a very sick boy. Uh, back home, and unfortunately, some dangerous predator is at the door in the shape of Ken in a police officer uniform, uh, asking Hilda out on a date. Or at least she thinks so. He's actually selling tickets to a policeman's ball. She asks him his name. He doesn't say Ken. Ken is has become a police officer under an assumed identity. <laughs> the, the, you know, the... <gasps> He's the undercover stripper. 
Is what we t- what we said he was perhaps undercover because he is a thirty year old student. Yes. Ah. Yeah. So he's, yeah. So Kem Kem was his Kem was his, uh, his cover name. Yeah. Yes. So this, this this narc who was going into going into the school. So. Um, yeah, office, officer dark. creepy strikes again. Yeah. Meanwhile, Zelda is getting caught reading a bridal magazine, and that's not it. Salem, or rather, Mister Salem, is now her wedding planner for some reason. Salem, the way he talks. Which fun do I want? It's that lisp. Yeah, he's got a very got camp a lisp. lisp, hasn't he? Yeah. It's, it's, I, it's not all the way Ducky. Yeah. But it's on its way to Ducky. Yeah. And it's it's not. Not I'm the ultimate uh, arbiter of what is and isn't homophobic. Or no, well, you are an anarchist. Oh, oh, I, am, I am an anarchist. Um, so it's not homophobic per se, but it's just an annoying sort of sort of stereotypical thing that comes in the same territory yeah. of things that do stray all the way into like you're saying all the way into like outright uh, sort of homo- homophobia. <laughs> He's gay, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's just but, an, it's just another example of an out of date caricature. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, obviously. Gay, gay people being, you know, super sort of like uh, dramatic and speaking with a lisp is obviously an outdated caricature, you know, <laughs> that isn't at all like, you know, uniformly true in reality or anything like that. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Just, 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 it's just weird. It's just fucked up old 90s shit, isn't it? Yeah. You know I mean? Luckily, we're, we're reaching the. Well, I mean, next time we come back for season four, we should be out of, out of the well, 90s. As, as, as we know. I'm so sorry, but the noughties were I was worse than the 90s. I, I, I was going to say, the noughties was when we were like. We've cured racism and homophobia. It's all over now. The president's <laughs> black, so we can just be yeah, we can just be as offensive as as, as we like, and no one will take it literally. Yeah, uh, you know, everyone will know we're being ironic. There's, there's not there's not still actual there's not still actual racists out there. And look where we are now. Yeah, exactly. Surrounded by racists, <laughs> but uh, not in this room. We're all we're no, all no, no 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 no. I mean, like in 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 government. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But definitely not in this room. No, not in this room. Um, so, no, your, your child's not in this no, room. No, no, she is famously racist. Um, so, <laughs> she's not. Um, my wife is though. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so Salem is is now uh, planning parts of her wedding. Um, Hilda tells uh, so Hilda tells Zelda that she's completely out of order because a Willard hasn't proposed yet, and b he's obviously still in love with Hilda. Zelda thinks she's just bonkers. In school, and Valerie gets hoodwinked by Libby whilst working in the school shop, and Sabrina ruins her chances of being obnoxious by being really stupid in front of Mr. Kraft. Yes, so a little subplot with Valerie is that she just gets taken advantage of uh, in 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 the uh, the sense of uh, running the school shop. She's giving things out and in uh, and accepting IOUs, and just uh, Mr. Kraft is really horrible to it, and actually brings her to tears, which we will get to uh, very 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 shortly. Sorry, Obviously, him being uh, so horrible is, you know, his his, his uh, nastiness is ramped up because Sabrina's desperately trying to be nice to him or desperately trying mm-hmm. to find uh, good qualities to him. But I quite enjoyed seeing Bastard Craft again. I know, yeah. I've kind of enjoyed him growing as a character and becoming somewhat sympathetic and his relationship with Zelda and things like that, but... It's, you know, good, to, it's good for him to remember his roots. Yeah, but, yeah. Martin Mull plays like comically dastardly so well, and there's nothing more comically dastardly than a silent movie villain. Yes, we'll get to that. So we will get to that. Um, speaking of Mr. Craft, Hilda and Zelda are speaking of Mr. Craft, specifically about whether he will actually propose to her. And according to a magical wedding cake indicator, he may well do. Yeah, what was that called again? Just a wedding indicator cake. 
A wedding indicator cake. Yeah, and so she pops it up, and then just the little figurines that you have on top of a cake. Um, yeah, it's just they just reenact a scene where Mr. Kraft is is wanting to ask a very important question. He says spring's going to be a very important time of year. You're yeah. going to meet my gran, and then yeah, Hilda just pushes him off and says that uh, that uh, he's he's in love with her. I don't quite understand that spell. It it it, it did nothing. Mm. If it was obviously a wedding indicator cake. Fine, okay, but it added absolutely nothing. What they should have done was had like a magic, Mm. like a crystal ball or a magic mirror or something that showed what happens at the end of the episode with Mr. Kraft down on one knee and and Zelda being like, oh my God, oh, and he says, Hilda, uh, Zelda, would I, would you? And then that's all they see. So seeing, and then at the end of the episode when when it acts out, that yeah. would have been the big episode, no, of big yeah, payoff. We, we, that. We, we've done it. We've done it again, haven't we? We've, we've, written, we've written a be- done it better than you did twenty years ago. Bet you feel stupid. <laughs> Uh, back in school and Valerie's getting rinsed left, right, and centre. But luckily, Harvey's here with some more uplifting news, guys. He only wants to go and tell Sabrina that he loves her. He wants to do what now? He wants to tell Sabrina that he loves her. My. Days. I mean, the bottom line about the entire thing is, it's like, why is it taking him so long? He needs to reassure himself, and he, you know, he's realised that. I mean, apart from a couple of times, but there's been no other girls in his life bar Sabrina. So maybe he's just and his mum. Maybe he just, and his mum. Maybe he just wants to be serious, and he's like, you know what? I do love this girl. Never felt this way. I've never said it to any other girl in my life. So I want to tell it to Sabrina. I will say that this episode and the Harvey Sabrina uh, love things. It did get me. It did. It, it did, did get me. It that's, was. That's the lack of sleep. Graham. It was the well, I can, maybe, maybe it is, but um, you know, like it's long, it's a long time since I think we've had a really good moving uh, Sabrina Harvey. You know, there are OTP mm-hmm. like moments, so it's good to have one of those. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, the it plays in effect now because Harvey is nervous and he's worried that Sabrina's not going to say it back to him. Valerie reassures him. But uh, so the rest of the episode kind of leads up to that moment where Sabrina finally uh, says it. But why does she wait till towards the end of the episode to say it back? Well, we'll find out very, very soon. Um, he, Harvey tells uh, Valerie not to say anything uh, to Sabrina because obviously he doesn't want to get it too nervous. So obviously she just blabs in the canteen and Sabrina is so excited because she loves him too. That, it wasn't a blab. Uh, so Sabrina is yeah absolutely ecstatic. She's like, of course I'm going to say it back. I uh, I want to say it, but I feel the same way. So uh, yeah, so Valerie reports back to Harvey to say yeah maybe you should ask her soon, and he says I'm going to ask her on Friday. So uh, yeah, on Friday, guys, you know they're, they're going to finally declare that they love each other. Friday, I'm in love, as the Cure once said. They there we certainly go. did. Uh, back home, and luckily for Zelda, Hilda's magic has temporarily run out, so she can't cause havoc whilst Willard and his Grammy come round. Obviously, that being his grandmother, and not a prestigious music award. She she she's got a hang nail. She certainly has. But yeah, with an actual nail on a piece of string coming down, and I'm sure Chris, you very much enjoyed that. I did very much. <laughs> yes, right did. up. Uh, Right up Evans Alley, isn't it? That, uh, that, that, that. It's Don't certain. refer to it as Evans Alley. That is something entirely different that yeah. no one is allowed access to. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so yeah, so um, so Hilda's got this uh, hangnail, so she can't, so she like, temporarily can't uh, cast any magic, which is obviously great. And Salem rightfully points out, but she can still talk though. She's still got a mouth to cause some some issues with. So that's fun. Um, uh, Mr. Kraft says he's supposedly bringing around a special box. So what else could be inside? I like what you said. <laughs> yeah, I went. 
what a coffin. <laughs> and yeah. I I did actually wonder whether that was. I mean, it would be very macabre. But we've had we've been macabre before. Here we have. I wonder whether that be the twist that is uh, that his granny is dead, but he still needs her approval to marry anybody. She's and coming it, round, and he's bringing her in a coffin. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's it's some sort of weird sort of twisted, almost Norman Bates like sort of situation. <laughs> <laughs> granny, this is Zelda. Can. Can I marry her? Oh, she's pretty! <laughs> he says out the corner of his own mouth. You know, that, that, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, and Zelda, because be... she's so polite, just going goes, Oh, great, yeah, thanks. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> Hand falls oh, off. Great to meet you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, unfortunately, or devastatingly, I don't know which one, uh, it doesn't go like that way. Yeah, He's supposedly you. bringing a box around, so she thinks it's going to be a box with, with a little ring in it. Um, perhaps it's a box of tissues, as Valerie is in bits, as every student has taken advantage of her, and the school stock will now come out of her wages. So Sabrina goes to help uh, her after agreeing to meet Harvey on Friday. So it's all coming together. He's going to get a haircut, and they're going to tell each other that they love each other. For I- someone who is kind of dim-witted and kind of um, not slovenly because he's always, he's always, you know, <laughs> he's always, he's always, he's always well-groomed but um, yeah, I don't know sort of like, seems to lack a bit of panache a lot of the time. <laughs> Harvey has a real sense of occasion when it comes to um, you know, romantic moments with Sabrina. He suited up when meeting her dad. Exactly. It might have been a bit too big but he suited it's up. Always, it's always lovely to see and it always makes you just, just, just melt for our boy. Back home and Zelda's getting everything ready for the crafts and Salem is being a little bit racist as normal. Upstairs and Sabrina's practising saying I love you to a picture of Harvey but that's ruined when Salem tells her that Willard is planning on proposing tonight so she consults with Hilda on what to do. And she envisions them all in like a Brady Bunch opening titles. Or rather, not so much a kind of the, the Brady, Brady Bunch. Bunch. Yeah. And we get a, um, I guess because they couldn't not, I reckon in the actual episode, I mean, people can correct us on this, that they play the actual Brady Bunch theme tune. Because they couldn't just put some ge- general stock music over yeah. what's obviously Brady Bunch parody. We get the Brady Bunch theme tune covered on guitar. It's hilarious. (laughs) Zelda is so excited about the evening and her future that it makes Sabrina and Hilda realise that they can't be selfish anymore. But then one look at Kraft's face and they decide to stir some shit. No, it wasn't even one look. It was like, Hello. <laughs> she went, I went, okay, well, we've just got to wrap it up. And But as soon as he hits our limit or whatever, you know, we'll we'll, we'll go back on our word. And he just comes in and goes, hello. <laughs> and somebody goes, that's my limit. I'm yep. gone. <laughs> yep, superb comic timing from, from Melissa there. Was, yeah, very, very funny. <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, a Grammy craft is driving uh, despite being blind. She's apparently driving in her own car. Which, She's blind and she picks up hitchhikers. Which I guess is why she never turns up. We never meet Grammy Craft <laughs> no. and probably never will. And not was, even in a coffin, just in general we don't meet yeah, her. Yeah, I was genuinely devastated that I didn't get to meet Grammy Craft. Yeah, I feel it might explain a lot about, about Will. I, I felt cheated. Yeah, and also like this woman's going to be so old. I was fascinated to see the age of actress they cast to be Martin Mull's grandmother. <laughs> Unless it was like they did like a um, oh, Nutty Professor kind of thing where it was just Mr. Craft. <laughs> Just, that would have been hilarious. Just Mr. Craft dressed as an old woman. With a moustache still, obviously. <laughs> yes, naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Because old women have moustaches. Yeah. Upstairs and Sabrina casts a mum's the word spell, which causes Hilda to literally only say the word mum. And too rightly, Sabrina says, that's a stupid spell. A stupid spell? We don't get enough of it, though. I think Hilda says mum about once. I went, I went, it yeah, Mr. Got, Mr. Would, 
Minecraft sort of mistakes of the same yum, I guess. And yeah, there's a sweet spot in between it being overdone and it not being done enough that they could have struck and they don't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's they, they didn't even try. Serena, though, however, casts a if you can't say anything nice spell, which comes with its own Canadian voiceover. Saying, yeah, if you can't say anything nice, eh? Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah, oh, yeah, sh- oh shut, your, shut your pie hole. <laughs> yeah, weird. Well, no, because Canadians famously are the nicest people on the planet. Ah, yeah. that's why it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, in fact, so obviously, so the spell is obviously, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So, Sabrina has now lost her voice. She should have just been speaking with like a Canadian accent or something, surely. <laughs> if, yeah, if, 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 that was, if that was the initial joke they were going for. She can't say anything bad. And she, yeah, she just says everything as a, as a, as a like, polite, folksy Canadian. Yeah. yeah. But instead, no, she just uh, doesn't say anything. So because uh, she literally can't say anything nice. Yeah. Just so you know, obviously, we don't like to reinforce stereotypes on this show. Some Canadians are pricks. <laughs> some Canadians are horrible. So hashtag not all Canadians. Uh, yeah. And some Canadians are just okay. Yeah, yeah. Just, just have their good days and bad days, like all of us. Yeah, yeah they, yeah, they yeah. find so, that uh, sweet spot, don't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they find the sweet spot. Yeah, can't. between completely overdone or not done enough. Um, at the dinner table and all is going well. Hilda can't speak properly and Sabrina can't speak at all. However, what doesn't go well is Harvey's declaration of love as he can't wait till Friday and decides to tell Sabrina that he loves her right now. But poor Sabrina can't say it back, meaning an upset Harvey leaves a devastated Sabrina. Desperation in poor Sabrina's face. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I knew a girl like you wouldn't fall in love with a guy like me. Oh, and- man. Oh, oh feels in this episode. Farm boy. Oh, my farm boy. Harm boy. Uh, she heads back in the house and everything has turned black and white with a ragtime piano accompaniment. All because when two silent spells are cast under the same roof, it turns everything into a silent movie. But nobody knows how to break said silence. She, she takes Salem outside, who's playing the piano, and he says, I guess you'd like some context. When you uh, cast two silent spells, it causes it to turn into a silent movie. She says, uh, why didn't it happen when we first cast the spell? And he just says, because. So uh, just before we continue with the show, we've been joined by a very special guest. Because uh, you won't have known because I've cut all <laughs> everything before this out. <laughs> but uh, we're joined by a very special guest. We're now a uh, four-man team. Or rather, a three-man and a baby team. We are... Three men and a baby. <laughs> we certainly You're are. Joined by Phil's racist baby. <laughs> yes. No, no, it was his wife that's racist. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, the yeah. joke was that Josie was racist, but in fact, it's Faye. Uh, <laughs> she's not, by the way. Uh, so I'm joined by little baby Josie, who's sat in between uh, Chris and Graham at the moment, staring at Daddy while she's uh, eating a little tomato crisp. Right. <laughs> okay. So where were we, Phil? Um, so everything has been turned into a silent movie as we see uh, Sabrina and Salem go outside and they turn back to normal which is still nicely coloured and then they go back into the house and everything turns uh, black and white and overly expressive and dramatic and uh, yeah with a piano accompaniment and she's dressed appropriately and she shouts and loads of subtitles tell us exactly what Uh, she's shouting about not Subtitles. Oh damn, mate! Sorry, what no, are they no, called? They're placards. Placards. Jesus. Sorry, I sound like a placard. Captions. Yes, yeah, exactly. Daddy was wrong. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Don't think of me any Josie's less. She's an expert on the history of silent cinema. <laughs> she certainly is. 
So she, um, so so Sabrina is, is shouting. These placards are coming up, saying, I, "I must, I must correct this so I can tell Harvey how I feel." And she I know, runs I must off. get this corset off. Yeah, she must get this corset off. And she moves the curtains across, and it's still uh, beautifully coloured there. And uh, yeah, so it's a nice little touch. And she goes into the dining room uh, where we see the villainous, top-hatted, monocle-wearing cad that is evil Mr. Craft. So mustache, extra. Now it's time to say as well the costumes. Wonderful. Everyone's got a beautiful sort of uh, period dresses and wigs, or the hair's just done nicely. So, um, yeah, it's nice. A lot of uh, nice uh, sort of a lot of creativity. Yes. I know that's not the way we pronounce it normally, but I felt it was necessary. The amount of creativity uh, that's uh, gone into this and the thought and the sheer love that's gone into the silent movie genre is definitely reflective in this episode, yes. which is nice. Um, uh, oh yeah, Mister Craft then proceeds to try and snog Helder. Yes. Which yes. I don't know whether it actually happens or this is just a fictional event within the spell. I don't think it does because the way that it's discussed at the end um, more more or less implies that it is just like a it's just like a self contained pot like it's it's like a silent movie pot involving mm-hmm. the people who are in the range of the spell. Yeah, it breaks out because I'm sure he wouldn't actually try and kill Sabrina either. No, 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 no. no. It is that they're each given a role to play. Oh, when he obviously twirls his moustache and he silently laughs to himself a lot, like a lot of time he's really curling up that villainous moustache, which is beautiful. It's not just the curl, though. It's the curl, it's the zoom, it's the facial expression in itself, it's the laughing of the entire endeavour. He hits it perfectly. Meanwhile, upstairs and Sabrina is trying to get to the magic book, but that darn storm is causing chaos as all the pages are flying through the air, and when she finally gets things in order, the evil Mr. Craft ties her to a flipping train track. I know. Where, first of all, where did the train track come from? It, Why did he tear up the pages in the from the magic book? And Seriously, where did the train track come from? Well, I think the whole tearing up the magic book, obviously he doesn't know it's a magic book and he doesn't know it's important to her, but I think that actually does prove what we said before, just that this is just a self-contained thing within the magic spell because it's something that Sabrina needs to save the day and as the story's villain, he's tearing up and saying, ha ha ha! And also in the early 20th century, that was the boom of the railways and they'd just give planning permission to build a railway just (laughs) anywhere. So yeah, through your house, fine. Yeah, that's fine. It just, you know, don't even need the the manpower these days. You can just... Uh, yeah, just lay that track down. And she is unfortunately tied to the train track. Uh, but don't gasp just yet, chaps, as Harvey the Mountie is here to save the day. He joins the chaotic fray and unties Sabrina from the train track in timely fashion. And so, yeah, so he jumps in as the as the Mountie and he's obviously he's looking around and he runs up as fast as he can to go and untie Sabrina. But just before she can um, say that, uh, that she loves him back, he has to... Run away because I think his his steed, his noble steed Duke, is uh, is in trouble or something, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he is. And um, what I wanted to see was that um, Salem was the noble steed. Yeah, that would have been yeah. funny. Unfortunately, he is just playing the piano. It seems <laughs> doesn't get much to say, but what what he does do is very very good fun. Uh, so uh, Valerie stumbles into the frantic funhouse because and simply to succumb simply to succumb to Mister Craft's bullying and for her troubles, she gets tied to another set of train tracks. As you said, Graham, they gave anyone plenty of permission upstairs, downstairs, in your nightgown, wherever they want, uh, wherever you want a train track, they'll build it. And then also, uh, Hilda, Zelda, and Sabrina get tied to the same train track, and this is when. 
we get a placard, not a subtitle, a placard from Zelda saying that, or may, I'm starting to think that maybe he isn't such a good guy anymore. Uh, suddenly, a stock footage train is heading their way, yes. which is very, uh, very funny the to second see. second stock footage train in the episode, of course. Yes. He had a yeah. modern one early on, and it's now an old timey, steamy train. Yeah. That is nice, and but luckily, boys, an army of policemen enter in, all dancing and jumping up and down uh, and blowing their whistles. An and an army of policemen doing the conga. Uh, so an army of policemen come in and they uh, rally round everything. They untie all the uh, the gals, but uh, instead of tying Mister Kraft to the track, as I mean, I mean that's the wrong way to go about policing. But instead of uh, killing the villain, they end up tying um, uh, Harvey to it, and Mister Kraft escapes with Sabrina. And of course, well, yes, to the Keystone Cops. Uh, oh yes, who were yeah, yeah. Popular uh, slapstick, uh, incompetent policemen in uh, early silent films. So there's yeah, so there's lots of love letter um, sort of inspiration taken from the silent movie genre, which obviously uh, Renee Phillips and uh, Connie Honingbloom so it seem seem to have because they understand the the stereotypical tropes that have happened in the past cinema. So yeah, it, it's good to include all these uh, all these references. Um, I well, wonder. Interesting fact about Carrie, oh, Carrie Honingbloom and Renee Phillips is that they uh, were both at the time directing this episode ninety years of age. So uh, they were on the silent. <laughs> to silent uh, of course, well. yeah. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> you genuinely had me then for a second. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mr. Kraft gets struck in the eyes and is blinded by a pie. Uh, Sabrina is saved by Harvey and then they then have a comedy kiss and everything returns to normal because silent movies always end with a kiss. That's not true. Uh, just like it's sort of a can of worms, everything uh, everything has to come to its own dramatic uh, conclusion. Well, wasn't Nosferatu a silent movie? Yeah, and he kissed his victims. He, he did at the end and uh, that French film where they go to the moon, they give the moon a big old kiss, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, so. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Metropolis. Metropolis, he kissed the robot, don't he? Um, yeah, uh, I'm uh, Charlie sure. Chaplin when he's with that boy kisses the he kisses boy. The, kisses the boy. That's yeah, right. but but uh, even the cabinet of Dr. Caligari that doesn't end in a kiss. Not that you know of. No, not that I know of. <laughs> yeah. Some footage may have been lost. It was a long time ago. So everything goes back to normal, and Harvey saying, oh, "Look, Sabrina, you know you don't have to, you know, be with me, or whatever." And she says, "No, Harvey, shut up. I love you." Shouldn't say that, but we should just say I love you, and uh, and he's like, oh really? Oh, cool. That's the most Harvey reaction ever. Yeah. Like, Woody lovely. No, yeah. you, you might not have liked it because you hate romance, but. Um... <laughs> so after Harvey's uh, expert declaration of of love and reaction to it, uh, it's all sweet and cute. <laughs> As uh, wonderfully reviewed by a dancing baby, uh, Sabrina tries. Yeah. <laughs> Footwork. Footwork. Uh, Sabrina tries to convince Zelda that Mr. Kraft really is a villain, and she just says it was a silly movie and proceeds to tear Mr. Kraft away from his beloved pie, so we can ask her that all-important question—the question she's been dreaming of all week and a moment she's waited her whole life for. So excited! Mr. Kraft gets down on one knee after being ordered by Zelda to. She gets on one knee and he asks Zelda if she would do him the honour of doing his taxes. Hey! She then smashes a vase over his head. (laughs) Well, the best part is Zelda asked him to go down on one knee. Yeah. He wasn't going to go down on one knee. And he was like, oh, oh of course, oh, yeah. yes, yes. Still that, even even acting taxes. up to that's what he was going to be asking. Yeah. And, oh, he even says Zuzu. So he's asking, Zuzu. calling her by her pet name to still ask if she will oh, do his taxes. Yeah, that, that should have been a red flag because you shouldn't be asking to marry through a pet name. It no. should be 
like formal. extremely formal. Yeah, it should be extremely formal. Like, um, was this surprising, guys? Did you genuinely believe that Mr. Kraft was going to be proposing to no, Zelda? No, I, I didn't think he was going to propose, but I don't know what he was going to do. No, there was always going to be a twist, and I thought it was either that he it, he was going to be asking her something else because that's the common sitcom twist, mm-hmm. or as we hoped, he was going to propose, but he needed the approval from his dead grandmother, who he was going to do the voice of. And the fact that it wasn't that, even though it was teased with the whole box thing, it was, meant, it was a massive, massive anticlimax, both comically and personally for Zelda. <laughs> yeah, I resent Mr. Kraft's decision. Yes. And uh, I'm sure he does as well, because uh, yeah, Zelda smashes a vase, or vase, over his head. Vase. Vars, it is Vars. Yeah. Uh, the credits roll, and it turns out it wasn't all bad news because Zelda and Willard are officially going steady. Oh, but I thought they were anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. such a, an American teenage yeah. thing. Well, it, yeah. Are we going steady? It, it, it's, an, it's, it's an old American yeah. teenage thing as well. It's like, a 19, it's like some 1950s shit. Although, um, he um, goes. In the, in the Wonder Years, so it's not quite going steady and things. So it was, it, was, it was still around as late as that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so they're officially going steady, so it's all good. And Sabrina and Hilda are apps are obviously very very thrilled, but not because uh, that you know they they give Zelda and uh, Mr. Kraft their blessing. It's just the fact that they aren't getting married, which is what they were mainly concerned about. They're still. <laughs> There's still a chance where uh, he will uh, not become part of their family. Yeah, that's a shit. That's a shit. She's having a shit. She's, She's having, having a, shit. a shit. And speaking of family... Yes, speaking of family, thank you very much, Chris, for that delicious segue. In true Season 3 fashion, with mere seconds of the episode's uh, runtime remaining, uh, a family member just rocks up, kind of, and gives her just a rubbish clue that she couldn't have worked out for herself. In this case, um, it's King Kong's arm, or hand, holding Fay Ray. Yeah. And uh, played by another Ray. Yes, Caroline, Caroline Ray. I guess that. I guess that could be the joke. I guess maybe, maybe a little. And yeah. they're probably like, "Who can play Faye Ray? How about Caroline Ray?" Yeah. But they weren't going to get another actor in just for that, especially since it's a relative. So her strongly resembling a existing member of the Spelman family isn't, you know, necessarily the most uh, ridiculous thing anyway. So indeed, and and yeah, but apparently they are. Um, I was going to say they're sponsored. Sponsored, not the right word. They're related to to, uh, to King Kong. They're related yeah. to King Kong. It, uh, it's like a third cousin removed or yeah. whatever on, on some side of the family. Uh, yeah, and the clue is Faye Ray. So, uh, you know, Sabrina uh, puts the clues together. She's got Faye. Yeah. Um, she's got uh, a picture of her, me, yeah. and uh, General Lee. And she puts it as, as Faye Lee. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So when her clue up to that point, the family she got to that point was every member of the Spellman she couldn't put together that family might be the next word. But uh, there we go, boys. We've cracked it. We have. Excellent. So every member of the Spellman family, something. Yeah, the last line of the episode is, uh, somebody get the Air Force? Because um, yeah. <laughs> King Kong uh, takes Salem uh, back into the uh, living closet with him. Yeah. yeah. Didn't expect that to be the last line of a Sabrina. Indeed. I don't think I've ever expected that to be the last line of anything. Yeah, I, di- I didn't expect the uh, the last line of a Sabrina episode to be an Air Force one. Someone call Harrison Ford. He was an Air Force one. 
Well, there we go, boys. That is our uh, penultimate episode of season three entitled uh, Silent Movie. Ironically, there was a lot of noise going on during it, but uh, yeah, for the most part, it was quite enjoyable. Uh, so, yeah, boys, what do you think of, of the episode on reflection? You know what? For a change, and because Big Joe is here, I yeah. think we need to get Big Joe's opinion on the entire endeavour. That's what she thinks. Oh, that's what she thinks. She thinks, dad, 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 dad. She's like, daddy, you tell them what I think. And I will. She thought it was fucking nice. That's what she thought (laughs) it was. Fucking right, got that, lad. Uh, yeah, so, so boys, yeah, did we enjoy this episode? Because I know we, we were a bit sceptic uh, when we heard the synopsis of this episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think overall it was very, very well done. I agree with you, Chris, that um, I think there was the right amount of time doing the silent movie stuff. I yeah. think it was an entire episode or even just more than what we had. It would have been a bit of an issue. But, uh, no, for the most part, I, I think it was a very fun, very creative episode. Um, but uh, yeah, do you think it was? It sets the right tone for because well, because of the, I thought this episode was was particularly good. Obviously, the um, the the scores that we'll give them very shortly will ref- will hopefully reflect that. But uh, do you think it's a nice direction for it to go, leading up to our final episode? Do you think this has rightfully got us hyped up and excited for the end no, of the season or not? It could, no, it, other, it, other than the family secret bit at the end, it could have gone anywhere. But anywhere in this season, I have to mm-hmm. say. The whole uh, Spoon and Harvey thing, you know, had more weight because we're three seasons in now. Yeah. Um. So we, we, you know, we, we, we were very invested in in them as a couple, even though uh, the writers will show aren't always. We are. Yes. Um, but but it, it, it was very funny. It was, yeah, played with the concept very well and was quite moving. So you know, yeah, general thumbs up for me. But we're not here for a general thumbs up. Are no, we, no, no. We don't. We don't mark these uh, episodes in th- in mere thumbs. Obviously, mere thumbs. as established previously, we have six of them each. Each. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but no, we're, we're going to give our our scores uh, on this episode based on a certain amount of criteria. Because at the end of each episode, we like to mark it on uh, magic, wit, creativity, and say it with me, everybody, progression. So, uh, boys, first of all, magic. Just how magical was this penultimate episode? Well, we had um, so two spells. Yep, silent movie spell. Both stupid. Yeah. yeah. But then we had the actual silent movie. Which was very, very good. And we had the hangnail. We did. Or should we put that under creativity? That's creativity. That's creativity. creativity yeah, but it was still and sort that, of a magical and, and, concept. And it's as well. You could you can apply the same concept into multiple yeah. uh, facets of marketing criteria, that's for certain. So magic wise yeah, magic-wise, there wasn't much of it, but I think the actual silent movie spell, the fact that that you know, happened, I think that I, I really enjoyed that, but I think it plays more into wit and creativity, yeah, I think. so I'm going to have to go with like a one or a two with magic. Two, I'd two, say. I'd say two, to be two. fair. Happy two magic-wise. Two. Yeah. two magic. Two magic. Um, what about wit, though, boys? Um, I laughed a lot. As I've said, I'm exhausted. Lots of things are funny, but um, I, th- I, th- I think it's generally had quite a, quite a snappy script. Yeah, indeed. Uh, this episode, um, very, very chucklesome. I would go so far as to give it a four. I would say four as well. Yeah. I was thinking maybe higher, but no, I think four. I four. Think four, four is good. Four is good. For wit. Uh, creativity. They went through the costume cupboard of hell <laughs> to get those outfits. They yeah. they really knew what they were doing. They really pay, played up to the tropes of a silent mm-hmm. movie. Um, it, it was about time that we got that love subplot. Yeah. I don't know why Valerie was working in a shop. Libby had like three lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, in the in the whole thing of it, creativity wise, it's got its pros and its cons. So I'm gonna have to go with three. 
I I would say four. Harrison four again, yeah, because because they, they went so to town on the silent movie stuff. Um, like they they fitted so much into what was actually quite a mm-hmm. short sequence. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't we um, didn't get Grammy Craft. Uh, we didn't get Grammy Craft, but we did get the we did get the hangnail. Uh, yeah, I I wouldn't uh, yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I'd be surprised. <laughs> I'm not giving the marks, but I, I, wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't be. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if we got a four. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if I gave it a four. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna give it a four. And to be honest, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think four. I think mainly. Right. I think mainly just because the um, yeah. I, in a similar fashion to the the soap opera episode, I think they went full out there and they made a really good soap opera parody. I feel here they went full out to make uh, all out to make a uh, silent movie parody, and I think they did it really really well. But also, a soap opera parody could sustain itself across the um, span of an episode. Uh, a yeah, silent movie true. parody couldn't, and they knew that they yeah. were smart. They restricted it to a small sequence near the end. So you know, creativity. Um, I think restraint can uh, be factored into that. Yes, absolutely, I agree. And um, finally, progression. Uh, how, as far as progression, how does this uh, episode uh, pull us, uh, push us rather, into uh, the season three finale? One mention of the family secret. Huzzah! And and one L bomb. Yes, L bomb. Officer. Love that's that's what we were referring to. Yes. The love bomb. I think a bit of progression. Well, no, 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 no. Because I know what you're about to say in terms of the Willard Zelda. Um, relationship Mm -hmm. there was zero progression there the progression was wanted by one Mm -hmm. party but it was not carried forward they are now going steady which they were doing before I could argue though you could argue but you're not going to I wouldn't be surprised if you argued (laughs) that we now know that Zelda would like to marry Willard and that is in itself progression yeah but there was no physical progression no, no. I mean, up until this point, we just thought they were just happy to be going out together. But she wants to take it further. So I think, and Zelda's always someone who she's had uh, many, uh, not so much boyfriends, many dates across yeah. this. Whereas Hilda always has boyfriends one week and a different boyfriend the next. Uh, Zelda's always been quite reserved in the sense of she's waiting for someone that really pushes all her buttons. And I feel that you know the fact that she has announced that not only did she wrongfully assume that Mister Gaff's going to propose to, but she does like the idea of being married to him so I'll, I I think that's another one for, for progression yep, I so think three no. I would say three Thank so you. we're giving magic two yeah we're giving creativity four we're giving wit four and we're giving progression three yeah yeah and what does that give us Christopher because you are the human calculator me and Graham are simply stupid people thirteen thirteen unlucky for some but I think we were quite lucky with this episode yeah I think we were but uh, so boys would you like to know what our season three finale is called Greg, come on. it is called the good the bad and the luau the luau yeah and the luau is what some sort of Hawaiian party so I'm gonna go with there's something good, there's something bad, and then the finale is a luau. Or Sabrina actually figures out the family secret and her surprise party is a luau. Sabrina go, goes to find the final clue of the family secret mm-hmm. uh, by visiting Hawaii with her long-lost uh, uncle, guest star, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Okay, that's, uh, that's a, a pretty good idea. I mean, you've kind of got the gist, I guess. Uh, the good, the bad, and the luau is about the Spellmans travel to Hawaii for a huge family reunion. But Sabrina is told she can't enjoy herself until she solves the family secret. Same as us, I guess, really. There we go. So, uh, yeah, so there's a big family blowout, but I guess she is barred from it. Um, I saw that um, Henry Gibson is in the credits. So obviously, he's reprising a role as, as, as the judge. So, I and guess. Yeah, and he's dead. So, I guess there is the. Um, it's a very. So, we can libel him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess he, he's, he's there on official business as well. So, I guess she uh, Sabrina will be barred from enjoying this party until she solves the family secret. Um, so, yeah, no spoilers, please, as, as Graham rightfully said, as we enter our season finale. And then, we'll obviously, we'll, we'll break down the season as a whole at the end of that episode, whether it's all been worth it, how we've enjoyed it, and how it stacks up against the others. But until then, uh, we've got just one more episode of our season three. And I'm looking forward to it, especially because I'll be joined by my friends, Graham Riley. Hi, bye. <laughs> we're, what? We're doing, what? We're Wait, do, are we, we going straight into the next are we, one? Are we doing the bias now? <laughs> yeah, Wait, yeah, well, that's, the... yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Join me. <laughs> and uh, yes, and, and likewise, Chris Evans will be on that. Uh... I, this is why I'm so glad Graham goes first. Yes, I too will be there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And, uh, and I must, obviously, because I'm a respectful uh, husband and father, I must ask permission from my wife and children. Children? Child. Uh, <laughs> I've only got one. Uh, oh, am I... Oh, nearly. Oh, oh, nearly. Oh, <laughs> uh, am I allowed to attend the season finale next time? Um, I don't know why you're under the illusion that you need permission. <laughs> Just do it anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, well, there's a glimpse of my married life. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, great. Thank you. So, is it but the last one? It is the last yeah. one. You can get your house back. Well, boys, until our season finale, episode 25. Until then, may every little thing you do be, be magic. magic. I'm going to have a You do.